0: As always, a huge thank you to Starboard, who are once again this season's main sponsors. Starboard has a history of innovation across water sports, starting in 1994 by revolutionising the design of windsurf boards. And they've brought that bang up to date recently, bringing foil windsurfing onto the Olympic stage with their IQ foil package. Starboard got behind stand-up paddleboarding in a huge way in the early days and continued to lead the industry to reduce their environmental impact. Their focus on innovation brought them seven world champions at the ICF Worlds last year, and all of them were using their Lima paddle range. They continue to improve and innovate their boards and their paddles for all abilities across all flavors of the sport, including adventure. And you can find out more about Starboard through their website, which is linked to in the show notes. Welcome to SUP FM, the sport's leading podcast where we speak to inspiring people from the fastest growing water sport in the world. Our aim is to help you maximise your own experiences of stand-up paddleboarding and to deepen your love of the water as we chat with people from both inside and outside the SUP world. Every episode is designed to inspire, support and provide you with a deeper immersion through my conversations with leading athletes, scientists, adventurers, TED speakers and New York Times best-selling authors. If you like what we do, there are plenty of ways to support the podcast, including telling your friends, following us on social media. You can even buy me a coffee on Patreon or you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which will help others to find us. Whatever you can do. We appreciate it. This episode is part of our Yukon 1000 mini season where we do a deep dive over several episodes into the ultimate adventure race challenge and the longest paddle race on the planet where we'll talk to the race organizers, teams and individual paddlers in the lead up in the start town just ahead of the race and after the finishing line, closely following what many describe as a truly epic odyssey of a race. Brilliant. Well, welcome back to the third of our Yukon 1000 episodes. And in this one, we feature two out of the four SUP teams competing in this year's race. And we're speaking to them well ahead of them shipping out west. So we're joined by Martin and Kim from the Renegade Moose Chasers team and by Craig and Skip from Team Shack, both teams from the UK. So welcome to SUPFN, guys.
1: Hey, hi.
0: So um if our listeners have heard the previous episodes, they'll be familiar with the form of the race and with your story, Craig. But what I wanted to do as we get sort of closer to the start of the race is just to do a little deep dive into how you're approaching things as a team because this is not a solo effort. You can't do it on your own. And from speaking to other illustrious competitors like Bart Desvartes and um, the race director, it's clear that the team dynamic and how you work together is probably the most crucial part of of the whole event. So um, coming to the renegade moose chasers, first of all, um, how, how did you first get together as a team for the Yukon 1000? Just tell us your romantic how you met story.
1: Well, we're still to get married um but I <laughs> got that far yet. I, I, how did it come about Kim because I think um you floated the idea to me I did yes I did yeah, just I think Absolute, it was a, basically do you fancy doing it <laughs> I think it was it was last year, and um Kim and I were doing quite a bit of work with each other in my business uh, where we were doing some multi day overnight adventure type stuff and we were taking groups out and then i think that's when when it came available that you could you could you know you could apply for for getting into the yukon and he he said did you fancy doing it and i'd heard of the yukon but i'd have i'd heard of the quest to be honest i knew i knew a lot of people that had done or some people that had done the quest uh like jhv joe hamilton vale I've, i've had chatted with her quite a few times about it um and then I looked into the thousand and I went, that'll be fun. Um, so it was Kim's idea, asked me to do it, which, um, you know, I said yes. And we put an application in. So it was sometime last year, yeah. nothing, no, no massive thought process went, went into it
0: <laughs> well that's usually the best for an endurance event isn't it just don't think about it just just go on I mean all of my um long distance stuff I've done has been after conversations at a pub so that's that's been my creative hub for all of this sort of stuff and uh, and um Craig and Skip you've got a long-standing working relationship haven't you but when um when did Yukon 1000 get floated and and it must be some time ago because you've been trying to trying to Compete for quite some time, haven't you?
2: Conversation in a pub.
0: There you go. <laughs> I, I did, knew one um, of the teams did, wouldn't disappoint me. Uh,
2: in eighteen ninety six, in eighteen ninety six during the gold rush.
0: <laughs> there you go. So obviously, the teamwork is something we want to to get into. But um, could you just tell us a little bit about your respective backgrounds? and, and you, how your experience sort of complements each other? Because it's very much teamwork. It's very much sort of balancing of skills. Where would you say the balance of experience and skills lie between you two?
3: Um, I would say our balance of experience um, comes from various angles, actually. Um, Craig is incredibly uh, on point with uh, things like uh, personal fitness, Nutrition planning and organising, um, and has you know done things out on the water uh, over the years, um, and I've, I've done a little bit more practical woodland-based stuff, uh, and a bit of paddling here and there as well.
0: So tell me about your bushcraft skills, because that's uh, obviously a skill set which is absolutely essential for this this race. How did you get into that?
3: Uh, I was a scout for years when I was younger. Um, that sparked my interest in, uh, bushcraft and a bit of survival. And then I became a scout leader, um, years later. So it kind of stuck with me. Um, and then I based my current business a little bit around that experience out in the woods.
0: And, and how many fingers have you got left? Cause I know that uh, when you're working with axes and knives, it can be a little bit risky.
3: <laughs> They're all there. We're all good. <laughs> They're all there. Fantastic.
0: Well, that shows the level of competence there. So, uh, yeah, you passed us on that one. And and how about the the moose chasers? Where would you say the balance of of your skills lie in terms of you know your team dynamic?
1: Well, I mean, Kim, um, you know, Kim's done a lot, an awful, probably an awful lot more foreign exploration stuff than i have i mean if you say what you've done in the past um you know
4: yeah most of mine has been sort of the long distance cycling on my own so you know um yeah it's basically my my thing i've never actually done anything like the yukon on a board or anything but i've got a good few miles under my belt on my old mountain bike
1: so what and, exactly um, did you do
4: um My first cycle tour was around Thailand, which was more like a bloody big holiday. (laughs) Um, And then I did China, trying to get into Tibet, um, which wasn't successful. Um, So I ended up cycling back through Laos and Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Um, I've cycled the Great Divide and cycled England to Afghanistan. On, on a bike on my own so yeah,
0: that's my wow. uh, little adventures <laughs> <laughs> little adventures that is uh quite um that is quite impressive it puts my john Groats to land's end uh, into the shade there um although i'm sure the weather conditions were slightly better or certainly slightly warmer when where you were uh, yeah, yeah but there's lots you can carry across into a into an endurance event like the Yukon. What would you say is transferable from those long distance trips? Because it's all about self-reliance and, you know, there's no predictable um, Tesco's every five miles or so, is there? That's true. That's true. So, yeah, I think it's just, um, I think
4: the, the Great Divide was um, a real good trip and it's going to be sort of similar. You know, I've learned to be, bear aware and things like that so yeah the great the great divide definitely um a lot of comparisons i suppose to this yukon
0: yeah and and teamwork obviously and communication are crucial um in a in a race like this and and i guess the most challenging moments you know and i'm sure you thought about it is when you're sort of particularly fatigued sleep deprived um I'm not really selling it to you I hope you're aware of all of this by the way guys um, and obviously that can be challenging on on the team dynamics So team shack. I, I know you guys have been tested already because you've had a few false starts on this one but have you considered an approach um, to manage things if you get into a particularly critical time or are you just kind of laid back and go with the flow and know enough about each other to to just go with it
2: I think, I think yeah, we, we are that kind of laid back, but I think in a way that we acknowledge that at some point, one of us might hit an up and one will be on a low. Uh, and you just hope that it, the lows are not at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it is, it's like a sine wave, isn't it? You know, you're going to have highs and lows, both of you are, and you're going to go through different stages, depending on just the kind of person you are. So I think it's just recognising, I think what we've got is we can recognise when someone needs maybe a bit of a pick-me-up, whether someone maybe just needs a bit of time alone, whether Mm -hmm. someone, you know, I think dark humour is also great. I mean, I think, you know, humour can make a lot of things disappear and finding the funny things in in extreme situations as well. So I think we're very comfortable that uh, we know there's going to be times when I'm going to shout at Skip and moan at him and he's going to be off with me and then we're going to burst out laughing about it because we've hallucinated <laughs> on something on the bank uh, or something. Yeah. So I think I think it's just um, comfortable with each other knowing we're going to be uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And 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 you've kind of been tested, haven't you, already? I guess it must have been really disappointing last year. I mean, how did you feel about that, um, Skip, where he was, uh, you know, completely selfish and got Covid without your, your permission? How, how, what were your emotions going on at that, at that point?
3: Well, clearly, I wanted to kill him. We we, we spent a lot of time getting there. <laughs> yeah, my, um, at the actual moment of kind of finding out, you don't you don't really think about it. The first thing you do in any kind of decent team is is rally rally around one another and just make sure that Craig was all right. Um, that was my primary kind of thought process, and then my secondary process was how do we turn this from being a bit of a shitstorm into a really good adventure. Um, Mm -hmm. and we were fortunate enough to do that, which kind of gave us those, that period of time over there to be a part of that place and those people, um, which I think was, you know, the best kind of, of a bad situation. It was, it was much later on. I think that it hit us pretty hard when we got back, but when we were there, it was kind of, no, this is just what it is. It is what it is. It became a favorite saying of ours. And, um, we got on with it and actually we turned a very dark thing into a really bright thing.
0: And just same question for the moose chasers there. Presumably you spend a lot of time out on the water together. Have you been out in any environments or situations which is sort of tested or, or have you thought about how you're going to communicate when you're both, you know, completely knackered?
1: Well, I mean, I think um, it's, it's, a, it's a funny one because, I mean, we, we've spent a lot of time with each other over the, certainly over the last year, last year really, and a half. Yeah. Um, Working, working with each other um, on, you know, with with paying customers and and having different roles with that, and having to think on our feet and having to react to situations. Um, when we're out on the water, um, we tend to not chat an awful lot. To be fair, um, we mm-hmm. just kind of crack on. We we've both got, we both know where we need to go and when we need to do it by, and and all the rest of it. We know what kit we've got, and you know, we 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 tend to really compliment ourselves, each other on the water, um, without having too much in the way of communication. Um, I mean, our, Kim was talking about his um background. You know, my background isn't anything like that. Mine's more like Craig's, you know, it more comes more from like a physical background. You know, I've been I'm fifty-two this year, I've been a personal trainer since sixteen. My I've never done anything you know, I've done Ironman racing. I've done 24 hour mountain biking. I've done endurance swimming. Um, but my races tend not to go too much longer than that because I've always been all right at them. <laughs> you know, I've, mm. I've never spent too much time. So I personally don't know how it's going to affect me. Cause I've never done a, a you know, I've done a 24 hour mountain bike race and that I know how that felt now to do that in another, you know, eight to 10 times, I've got no mm. idea how I'm going to react. Um, hopefully, I'm a little bit older and wiser and I'm a bit more relaxed about it. And I won't end up throttling him at night in his tent or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that's part of the journey, Simon, you know, part of this journey mm. for me personally going to the Yukon is, and that's what I put on my application was to find out who I am a little bit uh, and mm. to test myself a little bit. And, you know, I am a very, very small pin in a very very big world you know and just mm. I, want, I want to soak all that one up and see what it does to me to be honest um see how i come out the other side so it's gonna be really interesting I min
0: mean, craig had had a chat about on this subject on the previous episode but i'm quite interested from the moose chasers you know obviously the application form and the statements and so on and the interview is all kind of part of the process what were your gaps when you had that chat with John?
1: Well. It was funny the chat we had with John I mean when I put my gaps down on paper my gaps on paper were probably um, not having too much in the way of experience of what Kim's had so Kim obviously cycling the grant you know the divide and around trying to get to Afghanistan he's been very very self supported where I've done an awful lot of shorter stuff even though it's endurance stuff you know Ironman and stuff I've, I've been able to cope in that very small environment but he's been able to cope in a very very a much bigger more lonely oh. environment um mm. so I think that was a, probably going to be a challenge for me I don't quite know how I'm gonna cope with sorry there we go um, I don't quite know how I'm gonna cope with that time because I've never had to have that time you know um mm. So that's going to be really, really interesting. And um, you know, I put on that application. That I—that's what I want to get out of it. I want to experience what this is like. I want—I want to hurt a little bit. I want to become uncomfortable because Mm. I think through being (laughs) uncomfortable, I think that'll happen. Well, I think it will. I
2: don't—I don't think that's even a choice. (laughs) That's (laughs) coming, my man. That's coming.
1: (laughs) It's going to give me exactly what it says on the tin, then, isn't it? You know? Yeah. (laughs) um, Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, a, a yeah. means to empty the tank. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and and, and there's so, there's so much to, to cope with and manage mentally and physically on the journey. I mean, one of them is is boredom. I don't know whether there's there's a a, a key chatter in in each team. I think I can probably work out. Um, the other alternative I know that a lot of teams have used is a waterproof speaker. So I'm just wondering whether or not you're going down that route. Skip looks like a Taylor Swift fa- fan to me. Yeah. So uh, so potentially, are any of you going down that that route in terms of playlists or are you just going to listen to the, uh, the sound of the moose on the banks of the Yukon?
2: Well, I think the biggest challenge, uh, being technical, is... Do you know how difficult it is to get a waterproof speaker full of music when you're not allowed to take a phone or any electronic device? So just, uh, iPods don't exist anymore. There aren't mm. phones. You know, phones aren't allowed in the race. They're in tamper-proof bags.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So um, it's like, uh, so there is there are ways. I can sing. It was harder to work out. It was harder to, yeah, it was Skip can sing. It was harder to work out how to cram 2,000 songs onto an SD card that sit in Apple Music uh, than mm. it was to uh, work out how to set up a GPS unit that's going to take me from or take us, um, a thousand miles down a river. So I think, um, I think that <laughs> we have got a warproof speaker, but uh, <laughs>
0: it's, uh, you've got nothing to plug content. into it. Oh, well, uh, you can, yes. you can, am- you can amplify Skip's, um, Skip's singing then. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what I was angling to is that I know a podcast which has got over a hundred episodes that you will probably get you at least through the first couple Four, of days. Seven.
2: So yeah. if you could send them to me on if you can send them to me on an SD card I'd be grateful.
0: Excellent. Okay, well done. Um right. So so um basically that, there are kind of two races within a race. Obviously you've got the one on the water, but you've also got the recovery which is, you know, really critical for recharging your batteries. Um in terms of your team have you thought about how you're going to manage that 6 hours Um, on the shore? Because the second you hit the shore, the clock starts and you absolutely need to have your personal admin absolutely nailed down to get the most out of it. Is that that something, Team Shack, is that something that you've been working on?
2: Hunting. Uh, Yes, we have a plan. And know we're not
0: sharing <laughs> right I will go no further because just to remind everyone listening this is a race and we don't want to divulge any trade secrets so I,
2: I tell you what I think that's an interesting point though as in like it is a race and understandably obviously um but I, I, it is a race but above all we want all the teams including our our fellow competitors to to be to do well and be safe um and There's parts where it's great to chat over things and ideas, you know, around just logistics and what might help each other. And then there's little things that are kind of like things that are, are, you know, your strategy that are either good or bad or going to work or not going to work. Um, So, yeah, but I think the ultimate thing is it is a race, but we are all there, I think, just egging each other on and want to see everyone succeed and cross that line in in any way they do with any plan.
0: Absolutely. So, Team Shack aren't sharing anything on that one. Then, how about the Moose Chasers? Any plans for for those six hours?
1: I've got a plan. We're going to get off the boards. We're going to do some stuff, um, yeah. and some food, and then we're probably controversial. Yeah. yeah, you've seen uh, my list. Yeah, it's um. That's you know, what do you need to be doing, Simon? Let's face it. You've been paddling all day. What do you need to be doing? You need to be You need to be eating some stuff, sleeping some and um, waking up in time to go again the next day, feeling a bit more refreshed. So, you know, um, that's the basics of it, isn't it? That's what you need to be doing. So um,
0: You you do. It's how quickly and then it's about breaking camp and getting back out again as quickly as possible.
1: One of us plays mummy, one of us plays daddy (laughs) and... (laughs)
3: And we have jobs twice every morning so i've got to wait for him anyway <laughs> and that, that that can be cut
0: so uh, i am think you know someone sets up the tent someone does the cooking it's kind of you know the demarcation isn't it it's, it's people having a, a particular task
1: you been craig now wondering which one's going to do the cooking and which one's saying up the tent
3: <laughs> and you are concluding what
0: well, there was a prospect of me asking loads of tactical questions, but I, I'm going to have to discard, I think, uh, 16 pages of my uh, <laughs> my interview prep here. And why don't we move on to, I, I do have some more team questions later on, um, but uh, j- just in terms of training. So w- what's your training approach being the Moose team in terms of sort of preparation up to the Yukon? You, you're looking pretty casual. You're looking pretty ripped. You, you know, you biceps and all of that sort of stuff um you've obviously been putting in a, a bit of time but h- how have you structured that training go on then kim well, yeah, we've done several
4: overnighters you know just w- with the kit that we are taking and really just getting used to the boards and like i say getting the camp set up and and uh packing away quickly
1: I mean that that has actually been an interesting one because we only got our boards um that we that we're using not that many weeks ago. Um so the and, and also where we've got to paddle. I mean I was actually at a, I was actually doing a race at the head of the Dart a few weeks back and I I was racing and I saw Skip coming down the river the other way with, with full kit and, and uh <laughs> I'd already finished, Martin. I was heading home. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, that's that's obviously how it's going to be. <laughs> but so I know he's been out training because I saw him. Um, but um, yeah, we only got these boards, and um, you know, we've loaded them up, and we've we've got we had thirty kilos of weight on there, and. What's been very interesting with training for us is where we live because we live on the Norfolk Broads and everybody has this very romantic view of the Norfolk Broads. Craig knows the Broads. So I don't know if you've been up this way, Skip, but I've raced Craig. We've raced each other in a race up on the Norfolk Broads and it is not easy paddling because it's uh, tidal and it's always, it's flat, there's, it's windy, it's always windy. So when you're pushing, a, an inf- we're taking inflatables, when you're taking an inflatable board, um which is a you know um you know it's not as fine cut as a fine nice designed hardboard hull all the rest of it and then you're sticking 30 kilos of weight onto it and then you've got wind and tide against you and you're 50ks in that is hurting Mm. that is hurting you know and I'm just hoping to god that it's easier (laughs) on the Yukon than doing that that because that has been really hard I mean but me personally, I'm a pretty physical guy, but I have been absolutely smacked sideways doing 50, 60 Ks on the broad on an inflatable with kit. It's been hard work. You know? um, and that's been our strategy, really, just going out, doing 50 K paddles with an overnight thrown in, um, testing mm. kit and seeing how we go.
0: And how about you, Skip? Are you sort of getting fit out on the Yukon? You've had a bit of a taste of it anyway, haven't you out there? Uh, I know you and Craig had a little bit of time on the water when you are there, but what's been your approach?
3: Uh, it's a good question. I think um, having been there, we had to learn quite a lot of respect for that environment and that river. Um, we, In some respects, we've got the benefit of having seen it and how powerful it is and how fast it runs in places. Um, but it also, having seen it, <laughs> reminds you that it it's a powerful beast, so I think, having been there I, my approach to my training definitely changed. I knew that I had to up the ante you know when when we first went to go and do the Yukon or we were training for the Yukon, and um, we were both pretty fit when it got cancelled and then cancelled again, and then last year, I think I probably should have done more i'd have been i'd been a, I would have gone through it, but I felt like I should have done more. So when I came back and we decided that we were going to go again, um, I've just made sure I've moved a lot more than I was before.
0: And and have you mixed it up in terms of cross-training or has it all been paddling for you?
3: Yeah, no, I've really mixed it up. I don't want to be bored of paddling when I get to go and have to paddle a 1,000 miles. I've done very little paddling, actually. I've done a lot of other Mm. kind of um, fitness. I know I can paddle all right um so I don't need to practice that bit I just need to be physically fit and injury free and that was my my goal really.
0: And Craig we have already talked a bit about your approach but just sum it up in terms of building endurance.
2: Yeah and I think as Skip said it's like I probably went the first couple of years training over Covid I took it really seriously I mean I was heart rate monitors training peaks running paddling distances and then I, I this this time around I've definitely chilled out more and realized well I you know with my PT background I knew you know this is a very low intensity steady slog it's about being supple being injury free um, you know knowing your body knowing when you need to deal with certain niggles and so I've so my approach this last this last year is you know I can I'll go out and do things like I'll go out and do a 60 70k paddle just randomly I'm fine I will I, I have these weird things I like to set myself silly little challenges to test more my mind than anything else but I hate running so I'll go out and I'll run a marathon and it'll be ugly and it won't be fast but I do it to to, to get the noggins just to get used to because you know I'll do it and run past my house three times on the route to give mm. me many opportunities to stop so I think my approach has been I think as Skip said like having seen it we're we know what we're dealing with um that's both a positive and a negative because having this much time as well to think about stuff you can overthink stuff you know with I, sometimes i feel envious for the uh, obviously the moose chasers that have had a you know what a six month window guys is it six since you got yeah, accepted six yeah. months yeah. yeah and it's like it's like first i was like shit you know it's taken us oh sorry beep. it's taken us you know we've got we've had four years um they've got six months but actually it's, it's quite interesting how as humans, we're incredibly clever at filling the time we have to do a job. So if you said to me, You've got you've got eight weeks to get ready for the UCOM one thousand, somehow we would make it happen and we would get there and we'd do it. If you say you've got four years to do the UCOM one thousand on the end of the fourth year we'll just be finishing off the most of those tasks you know we have <laughs> so i think
0: <laughs> you're absolutely right i mean that that's that's something called parkinson's law um you can look at that up in wikipedia 1950s economist produced <laughs> that that the workload expands into the time available for it The law every day's a school day mm. so yeah. yeah in terms of skills there's a variety of different environments there you've got Lake Le Barge, isn't it? You know the, the flat. You know potentially a, a headwind. Why would you say that? <laughs> I'm just leading it into the question, Skip. So you've already done that. That's the Norfolk Broads, isn't it? Um, but you've got Five Finger Rapids and so on. Have you done any sort of training, moose chasers, to model those sorts of more extreme experiences that you're going to have on the water? um Plenty,
4: plenty of boats on the water that's as near as yeah
1: way. i mean on the norfolk broads it's, you just take your life in your hands with all the cruisers on there you know <laughs> when, when they when they rent out a 40 foot cruiser they get shown the steering wheel and the kettle and that's about it and they uh, you take your life in your hands on the water but, um no i mean i've I, you know um i'm a i'm a trainer with the water skills academy so i do a lot of teaching um and my sort of cpd stuff personally is that i've done um expedition training with the water skills um mm. and that included river rapids you know and i think um, that's an interesting one because when you're when you're going down a, even if it's like a, on a grade 2 rapid grade 2 leading into a 3 perhaps um when you look down into that water that that board is moving that board is moving and your your judgments that you have to make have to be made very 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 far in advance so you const- You don't have any time um, to be casual about that when you're moving on that sort of speed of water. You have to be looking miles ahead. You're planning. You're you're planning your route. You're planning uh, your you know maybe little vantage points because you might want to stop to to have it to to scout it out before you go. So running rapids is is actually I've done I've done a few of them. There's a few I didn't do because they were way outside of my skill zone. But that's an interesting experience. Five Finger, I'm in a weird way really looking forward to it. <laughs> so I've seen I've seen it on the TV, I've seen it on videos and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, if the whole if the whole of the Yukon 1000 was like Five Finger Rapids, I wouldn't be going. But as it's around about 300 meters, or more, I'll go. You know. But what about you? Skills
0: um, riding rapids uh, non-existent, to be honest. <laughs> uh hunker down and uh, and go the right route how about you skip Have you had any whitewater experience i guess you, you saw white um five finger rapids didn't you
3: yeah we did it's huge fella's it's so big you <laughs> wouldn't believe it. yeah no, it's it's <laughs> it's quite a thing when you're actually there <laughs> um yeah i've done a bit i've i've i spent quite a lot of time in scotland uh water up there um i've actually got a bit of a surfing background as well um, and paddle surfing, so I think that plays in as well. Um, but like Martin says, you know, it's all about kind of looking through it rather than looking at it. Um, and if you if you've got the skill to do that,
1: then you should be okay. I think I think the skill there, Skip, is just don't go for the upward V. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think you get that much choice in the five fingers. It just kind of throws you at it. Yeah, yeah, just 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 hang on. I think you'll get hang spat on. out the other end. <laughs>
0: And, and don't forget about the rapids that follow the five fingers, because I think a lot of people focus on five fingers and then forget that there's another one straight after. But uh, that's going to be an adrenaline charge.
1: Craig, am I right in thinking that's Rink Rapids? That is indeed. That's Rink Rapids. And uh, stay stay right. stick right and you'll be fine. <laughs>
0: stay right. Stay right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You've studied your maps. That's going to be the thing,
1: isn't it? What do we do here? Oh, stay right. Yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. River it right left. river right just stick to it river right okay. there you go.
0: we'd like to thank baltic life jackets for returning as episode sponsors this season Baltic designed and developed their SUP Elite PFDs to solve two key problems facing stand-up paddlers. The slim down front panel makes it easier to climb back on your board and the ergonomic cutaways around the arms accommodate the SUP Stroke, allowing you to paddle freely without restriction to the point that you hardly notice you're even wearing it. The SUP Elite also incorporates storage and the option to add a hydration pack, which is perfect for the summer. So check out the SUP Elite and the SUP Pro PFD at your local stockist or at supfmpodcast.com forward slash Baltic Looking to take your performance to the next level then look no further than Ocean Specific Introducing the Strike Series VRX the ultimate sup paddle designed for maximum power and efficiency It's a firm flex shaft optimises energy transfer for efficient paddling It's double dihedral blade ensures an unrivaled grip on the water boosting your surfing, racing and touring performance Ocean Specific sponsors and promotes UK surf and race culture, supporting athletes and adventure racing teams, including the Shack team competing in this year's Yukon 1000. And they're committed to providing professional grade equipment at an accessible price. Visit oceanspecific.com today to explore their range of high performance paddles, hardware and apparel. And the links to all of our sponsors are in the show notes. So moving on to equipment, um, Martin, you, you mentioned that you haven't had your, your board for too long, just run us through your kit selection and, um, and paddle selection for this.
1: Yeah. So, um, one of the first things I did actually, when I knew we'd been accepted was like, okay, what we, what are we doing it on? Because, you know, I'm a, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a hardboard fanatic. I love my hardboards, you know, I, um, I've got a lot of them, I ride a lot of them, um, but there is also a place for inflatables. And I learned that when I was guiding in Scotland, because when you're in Scotland, you know, the terrain isn't that very nice. You can throw inflatables around and they tend not to put, get holes in them often, fingers crossed, you know. So I went down the route of looking for an inflatable board that we could use. And I I realized that the boards that we use for our expeditions here in the UK are Curoc. Um, uh, we use Kurok, um 13 foot Explorer boards because they can carry an awful lot of weight. Um, they're incredibly stable and I've paddled them in some quite big stuff, um, paddled those up in Scotland and they'll ride pretty much anything. So I contacted Andy at Kurok, um because although they're absolutely brilliant boards for what they do, there, there there isn't a board on the market that fitted what I wanted. Like, mm. The Turocs are the closest that I've come to of an off-the-shelf, but it didn't have the stuff that I wanted on it in the places I wanted it. So I contacted Andy and I just asked him if he'd be in favour of um, helping us out with a prototype board. Um, and thankfully, he was all over it. You know, He said, totally exciting. Um, he, and he basically gave me a blank sheet of paper and said, you, you tell me what you want and how you want it and we'll get it made. And I couldn't. I thought amazing, absolutely amazing. So I came up with this blank sheet of paper, and I wrote a whole list of stuff that I wanted: the size, the shape, um, what type of D rings I wanted, where I wanted them. Did I want carbon stringers? Did I want you know whatever it was I wanted? Andy made it happen on a board, and then we got these two prototype boards through, and um, absolutely. Brilliant. We've 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 gone. We've now had a couple of changes. We've got a second lot of prototype boards come through. In fact, um, um, I'm taking mine out tomorrow. A um, few changes. That's how supportive Andy's been with Kurok. So can't mm. can't fault him in the slightest. Um, other other equipment um, paddle wise um, We're sticking with ZRE because um, that's a paddle that I've been using for ten years. I've I've had an association with ZRE for 10 years. Um I don't think in my personal view they're amazing paddles, they're handmade in the USA. Uh, you know uh, totally totally great bits of kit. Um we've got some support from Peak UK now, which is lovely. Um they we've got some nice equipment that we can uh, you know clothing uh, from Peak UK. Um food from Firepot. Um are helping us out with some food, which is amazing. And we've also got some help from um, base camp foods as well, because there's Firepot do a couple of bits that Kim doesn't like, you know, like squirrel or whatever. I love squirrel. Oh, well, you like squirrel? You love squirrel. That's why I'm taking the Yukon, because he, he's the sort of bloke that will pick up something dead. It's, and, a,
4: it's a veggie stuff,
1: either. <laughs> yeah, he'll pick up something dead on the side of the Yukon and turn it into a nice casserole. <laughs> Hopefully we're all camping together that night, and we'll have something. yeah So, yeah, kit-wise, you know, and um, I've got a bunch of stuff sitting on the table here that's driving that insane because um, (laughs) I keep needing to look at it. But, no, you know, we've been very fortunate with the people that, you know, are supporters. Um, So, yeah, you know, we're we're ready to rock and roll, I think. Yeah, as far as kit
0: and, and I know you've had a similar experience, haven't you, Craig, because you've got a board supplier you've been working with. You're over in Sweden recently, weren't you? Just tell us a bit about your kit and the sort of support you've had from suppliers.
2: Yeah, so we're, I think we've had some fantastic support from the boards. Uh, Easter, Swedish brand, um, they uh, kindly supplied us with our boards last year, um, and the Dutch girls also had the same boards. So we know they're tried and tested, and... Uh, they're fantastic, and they've given me support not just in that race, but also um, uh, in other races as well. sub eleven cities I'm on a, one of their carbon boards, and a new exciting board coming for the Sup eleven cities this year. Um, paddles, well, uh, I'm uh, with Ocean Pacific, as is Skip, Our good friend Enzo has looked after us for many years. I think hasn't he, Skip? Uh, he's been a great support and advocate.
3: One of the uh, one of the bedrocks of what we've done from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah um
2: so you know uh, so we've got fixed shaft and sort of our uh, backup three-piece uh, paddles for that uh recently uh, teamed up with mustang survival um a, a canadian um outfitter for marine who at the time <laughs> we we didn't really know ha- how big they were managed to get their support for some kit that we'd seen that we liked and like it's gonna fit our requirements and subsequently after getting their support Saw that they basically supply the Navy SEALs, the U.S. Coast Guard, and uh, so so yes, yeah, so that was that was great to have them on board. Um, uh, Expedition Foods um, have been feeding us calories for four years. The amount of food we've brought and then failed and then had to pull out of the race and had to eat. <laughs> um, so uh, um, so yeah, so we know all the foods there, but they've been great. Um, uh, who have I forgotten? Skip
3: Precision Hydration,
2: of course. Precision Hydration uh, down in Bournemouth and uh, andy blow and the team down there um they're great for actually anyone doing anything endurance related and wants to look at things like your electrolytes uh, sodium levels um i mean the guys down there are incredible the guys and girls um their science knowledge and their background um i, I read it for anything if you're a runner paddler um go online incredible blog articles they're incredible and knowledgeable you can contact them you can do a free consultation for sodium tests they've got yeah so they've been really supportive as well for that sort of stuff and i'm a as i found out i'm a very salty sweater uh, i used to cramp up a lot i used to cramp up so much um there's another story we won't go into now on that about some of my original training paddles where i literally had rigor mortis i couldn't move um it was hysterical. and yeah, through their <laughs> through their support as well i mean i just sorted all out as well so um yeah, and I, I apologise if I've forgotten anyone else. Nordisk. You know, we've had a lot of support. Uh, Nordisk as well, yeah, for intense, yeah. Uh, and basically, my, my, we've got an office, one of my rooms in my office is a bit like a goods in, goods out for Yukon. For it has been for the last two years. It's like Amazon come, put boxes on the side, it gets goods in, it gets checked, it gets goes into a pile of, yes, we could use this, no, that ain't going to work. And I've literally still got piles of gear of that's what we're taking, that's what I'm still looking at. That's what's just come in. Uh, And I think this comes back to the whole thing is you can overthink it. We've had too much in (laughs) time. What we had last year was 97% there. Uh, But anyway, yeah, so thank you to everyone that supported us. And if we've missed anyone, we can put it in the show notes down here. Is that what you do?
0: That's exactly. (laughs) Although it's mostly an audio podcast, so so pointing (laughs) doesn't work quite as well. But uh, (laughs) um But, um, you know, what you say about electrolytes, particularly, and that's a really key one, as you say, and, and particularly around sleep. So, again, you know, I've got a very poor example in comparison to Kim's experience, but, you know, multi day cycling over 100 miles a day, I found that my metabolism was shunted up so far that when I went down to sleep, it was just, you know, there, there was just a sort of a body shape pool on the, on the sheets every night so so getting that sleep is dependent you know particularly on magnesium and getting enough down you so you know um I don't know moose chases whether you've got an electrolyte strategy but if you haven't I definitely recommend you you, you get one because it makes you, I mean you'll know this anyway Martin from Iron Man and oh in fact you're a professional aren't you this is where I met you first of all wasn't it you were
1: yeah. It, it was all
0: about uh, sports nutrition. What am I saying? I'm teaching you to suck eggs. Yeah, my background um, is a um, performance uh,
1: endurance sports nutritional nutritionist specialist. There we are. There you go. So yeah, no, right. and, and another another supporter of us is uh, Talk uh, T O R Q um, from Wales. Um, I used to work for them um, for about nine years. So when it comes to endurance fueling, and that's what they specialize in, um, you know that's what I did when I was with them. Mm. So um, yeah, we got got, um, electrolytes with 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 carbohydrate, of course, Simon, because you can't have one without the other. You taking chips? Hey, you taking chips? Yeah, we're taking chips and bananas.
0: (laughs) A whole idea. And a couple of loaves of bread as well, Martin. Yes. That's the other.
1: Oh yes, yeah. sourdough, sourdough bread, Simon.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I tried it once and it wasn't a success. <laughs> but uh, so, so let, let's just um, complete the nursery on on equipment because we do like to get into a bit of nursery on kit. So, so in terms of your boards, what, what what are the dimensions, Martin? Or is it so custom made that it's uh, it's a special size? Is it long glide? Have you gone for well, I'd
1: like I'd like to say it's fourteen foot and 26 wide at one end and three inches at the other. No, it's, um, it's 14 by 28. Um, mm-hmm. so what, I mean, uh, the Shaq's boards are a little bit longer and a little bit narrower. Um, so with that, I'm guessing volume might be about the same. I don't know. Uh, in fact, we don't know what the volume is on our boards cause they're prototypes. So, uh, they float, which is great. Um, well, which there you is go. Very, um, um, but yeah, fourteen by twenty-eight by six inches, um, and the interesting fact, I suppose, with our board uh, is that there is no rocker. Well, that's going to be interesting through the rapids. <laughs> um, I have a feeling that might have been a mistake. It could be helpful. I mean, when you look at um, the, there's a new um, when you look at starboard, Simon, uh, the new starboard. I think it's the inflatable sprint um that has zero rocker as well on it um yeah. something i noticed when i was doing when i was doing the um when i was doing your job with sarah from sup junkie yeah. at Cardiff doing it very time. well thanks yeah we're a great team um as long as i do as i'm told <laughs> so. well
0: there you go as long as you understand that that's the main yeah. thing but uh, no, so I noticed
1: that this board had no rocker on it because this starboard is, you know, super flat, and it had the, the the cable on the nose, the nose cone, and it was pulling it super flat on the water. And I looked at it afterwards, and it is—you put it on the flat ground, it's absolutely mm. dead flat. Um, I my my carbon flat water race board—I've got an NSP Ninja again, virtually no rocker on it, end to end waterline, really good. So when we got these cure rocks in, I thought, okay, well, you know, we'll give them a go and. Pleasantly surprised on that basis, you know. um So, yeah, no, looking forward to putting them to the test. um 28 because we can carry a bit of luggage and I'm not that stable. <laughs> so, that <laughs> gives me a bit more support. I don't think any of us are that stable.
3: That's why we're doing this, right?
0: So, the Shack team, I don't know whether you're uh, at liberty to share any dimensions there, Craig, whether that's. Uh...
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah,
2: so we're, we are on 17.3 by 26 um with a rocker (laughs) um i think i mean i think over a thousand miles i think it's about having something that you're used to and comfortable with rather you know if you look at like race boards or things over a 10k or different it's like yes there's tweaks and there's things but i think it's like finding something that you're comfortable with there's going to be parts where it's going to excel and there's going to be parts where you know it might not be as good but i think I don't think there's any perfect board for the thousand miles that I think the perfect board is the board you're the most comfortable on. Um, we've been lucky to have these for, for, you know, 18 months or so. We've paddled them on the Yukon We've obviously, um, uh, Ella and Yannicka have raced them on the Yukon. So we know they're going to make it to the end. <laughs> um, so that's great. Um, but yeah, so they're 17, three, uh, 26 wide. Couldn't tell you the volume. Um, with a rocker, a small kind of uh, fin on the front—that's a nose fin for tracking. Um, oh, we got, we got one of those. Hours. Yeah, I think it's probably <laughs> yours. Probably has more effect with, with the flat waterline. I mean, to be honest, as unless you've got a lot of weight on the front, uh, it is very doesn't very little perhaps. I mean, um, uh, but yeah, it's got to a, got a sort of pin tail. Um, we've put all the mounting points on ourselves, uh, Brian at Blue Chip. Thank you, Brian. He's done a fantastic job of putting our D-rings on in all the places we need D-rings. Um, and uh, yeah, they you know we've we've done quite a lot of kilometres on them, uh, and we're 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 happy with them. Uh, and yeah, looking forward to. Yeah,
0: exciting times. Um, so so finally, just to come back to the, the the team element of this, this may make or break these relationships. I'm aware of my responsibility here. So, Kim, before I ask you about Martin's strengths, I'm going to give it a go because me and Martin met about, um, I don't know, eight years ago, I think at the water sports festival in Hailing Island, which wasn't exactly like the Yukon. There are a few more beer tents at at Hailing. Martin was on the stand next to mine. I was selling my, my supper, but you were selling your nutrition, weren't you? And at the end of it, we kind of, we, we built a good relationship in that I could sell his stuff with exactly the same patter as he used and uh, he could do the same on on, on my side. I, I think, you know, in terms of Martin's strength, Kim, you, you can disagree with this if you like. Oh. Um, so I, I'd say, you know, endlessly positive, unfeasibly um, energetic and very capable. So so that's how I would sum him up, Kim. Uh, now, yeah, you can yeah. agree or disagree with me on any of those. I agree, actually. I
4: agree. Yeah, very enthusiastic. And yeah, I'm more than capable, I think.
0: Handy from morale. And, and Martin, um, same for Kim. What uh, what would you say his strengths are and what he, he adds to the team?
1: Well, given that he lived in Thailand and he's, he's lived with Thai boxers for like <laughs> three years, um, mm-hmm. I reckon he's going to sort some bears out <laughs> <laughs> if they come here the 10. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I think I think I think what Kim, Kim brings to the table is the ability to um to, to keep going and uh and I saw that at the Great Glen last year I've got this amazing it doesn't do good radio but uh, I've got this great picture of Kim at the end of the Great Glen sitting there uh, with the biggest gash biggest hole in his head with blood pouring out over his eyes he just looked like you know it uh, look look looked like some kind of you know, Scottish heathen from back in the day. <laughs> you know, he's uh, he and 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 he just cracks on. Mm. He, he could have blood pouring out. I mean, he he got chucked off a board on the Glen, uh, climbed back on the board, hit him, and you know, he just he just he will suffer. And I'm not into suffering too much, but it's nice to see somebody suffer because you can go, well, I don't want to go there, <laughs> but he, but he's capable, very capable at digging in and cracking on and that's what I like that's what I love
0: yeah so uh, so there may well be a little bit of suffering involved in the yukon martin um you yeah, know I might be wrong about that but certainly an ability and and Craig just uh, talk to me about skip
2: so uh, his 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 strong points are I think he's just he's just so chilled uh, and it's like the, you need someone to be calm and have he's got this presence where things just won't bother him all uh, that the, the important things will but he won't panic um you know uh he will just work things through um and also like if he sees you in a bad way he just kind of knows when to and when not to kind of get involved mm. um it's like i he's got an incredible paddle stroke and i've said that, and i, I tell I that i hate telling him this but like it you know like as you said earlier, he doesn't, he hasn't paddled much in his training because like he says, he doesn't need to learn how to paddle. He keeps himself fit, but we'll go out for some training paddles. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I've been out paddling. I've, I've been racing other stuff. And like, try not to show him that I'm, I'm really struggling to keep up and I'm looking at his stroke and his cadence. And I'm like, what is this man? You know, it's like, so I think he's a, he's a strong paddler without just by, by just by his technique and his ability, which is um, a, you know, a, an excellent thing for a thousand mile race. Um, um. So yeah, I think that's you know two traits there is like it's a strong paddler, and we just have a good laugh. together We find things funny together. It's like I think the never underestimated the dark humor, even like what happened last year. Us having to scratch after I got ill, like that week, those couple of weeks were so tough. But there was always the dark humor and laughing about the situation because we. I think we're both. Uh, well, I'm answering myself. I think Skip is very optimistic. We, we always know that thing. It, it is what it is. It will mm. be what it will be. Things. I say happen for a reason, but things have a habit of working themselves out if you just keep smiling.
0: Exactly. Keep keep grinding on. And and finally, last but not least, Skip, what, do, what does uh, Craig add to the team?
3: I'm just trying to hold back the tears at the moment. <laughs> um, um, I think the, the better question in this situation is what doesn't Craig bring to the team? Um, you know, he touched on humour and humour has been our greatest strength throughout the journey we've been on so far um craig is one of the most determined and committed people i think i've ever met um almost to a fault um and that i don't think he would take that as a criticism anymore um i think he'd take that as a positive nowadays um he is incredibly organized incredibly on point with everything that really matters in the organization of doing something like this So. What he brings to the team is, is it all really so far? We haven't really seen what I bring to the team yet. <laughs> um, I'm incredibly lucky to have him as my paddle partner. I wouldn't do it with anybody else.
0: Wow, that, that, that's that's fantastic. That, we're all a bit teary now, aren't we, um, after all that? Um, look, guys, um, I'm super jealous of your adventure ahead of you. It's going to be absolutely incredible. I hope you get everything out of it that that you want to get out of the race. Um, safe journey over there and um, looking forward to catching up with you after the race maybe we can do this again Um, and uh, yeah Craig
2: Can I say one last thing I think it is incredible for the UK sub scene we have two UK teams going out doing this Mm. and I think um, I think hopefully you know like I said earlier it's a race but I think it's amazing that there's four old men from the UK going (laughs) out (laughs) to smash a thousand miles on paddle boards and hopefully inspire others to think about doing something like this or the river quest or any other race, be it the North broads ultra, the head of the Dart, whatever. So I, like, whilst it is competitive, um, I, you know, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing these two faces in white as well. And hopefully the backs of them, but not much. <laughs>
0: well, guys, we're all very excited. We'll keep the coverage going. We'll keep uh, monitoring things as far as we can while you're you're actually on the water and trying to keep the the content coming. And uh, hopefully, we can have a chat with you both in Whitehorse when you're there, and uh, and also afterwards once you're you're back and uh, recuperating. But uh, thanks ever so much for joining us. It's been a really fun chat, and uh, all the best for the race. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I- Cheers. Good luck, the Mooster Rooster Hunters. You've been listening to the third episode of our mini season where we deep dive into the Yukon 1000, the longest paddle race in the world. And next week, we're speaking to teams on the start line from Whitehorse, Yukon.